The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! This is Mick Shots, streaming live on DallasCowboys.com and the official Dallas Cowboys app. Now, here are Bill Jones, Savannah Hugh Moeller, Everson Walls, and Mickey Spagnola. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! How about them? Fix this shit. The only thing other than that I've got to say, go! How about this Cowboys? Well, I was going to start by saying three out of four ain't bad, since Bill Jones is out on assignment today. But Everson might have made it two out of four since he was finishing his lunch I here. I am not finishing. It is not close to finished. As producer Supreme Chris had a nice mix there of many sound bites before we got to Stampede. Nice, right? Christopher. Nice. And this just might be the earliest pregame show ever because we're getting ready for Cowboys Seahawks on Thursday night, AT&T Stadium. And glad you guys are with us on Mix Shot. I'm the Mick uh, Everson and the Savannah uh, here today, and we will get you ready for the Seahawks. At some point, we will have our picks and picks to click. Bill Jones has already sent him in with explanations, too, by the way. <laughs> he got his in? That was a very lengthy text, by right? the way. I, I just still give am me not do- on the group text. I think he just sent it. He must have just sent it. I thought he just texted me. You were on it. Too. Well, yeah, you it, were yeah. because you said, okay, that's right. Yeah, how did I'm that sending that happen? To, I'm sending that to Savannah right now. No, I want it to be a surprise for her. <laughs> yeah, yeah, surprise me. We'll I, wait till okay, the, okay, to okay, the okay, end okay, for the picks you, and then add me. I got, I got a half a page of notes here on my legal pad to, to, to explain Bill's picks that he was off on assignment and uh, had to go to Fort Worth. So mm-hmm. here we are. Um, little more than, let's see, seven, uh, 31 hours before kickoff, I mm-hmm. think, if my math is a- accurate, uh, with the Cowboys needing to win this game, as we've been talking about, to win four straight, uh, and stay within at least just two games of the Philadelphia Eagles in the race for the NFC East title. And, you know, it sounds like, and I'm going to see what you guys think from listening, that they seem to be focused on Seattle and not getting ahead of themselves. They'd better be. I mean, you know, this is what, this is our test. The test is not what's on the field necessarily. It's not necessarily our, our opponents. You know, it's, you know, can we not make the same mistakes that we've been prone to make in the past? And that is... You know, playing down to expectations, much below expectations. I mean, that's something that as a, this team needs to mature in that fashion. You know, everyone needs to be on the same page in regards to, guys, we can't go out there in a slump. We can't go out there saying, oh, we, we need to warm up. This is a, we had a bad day. 
you know, right now this team needs to be past all of those type of ailments that you got to deal with. And let's just play ball the way we're supposed to play every week. If we're supposed to blow them out, let's blow them out. If we're going to have a tough game, let's make the plays that we're supposed to make to win those tough games in tough situations. No foot out of bounds like against Philadelphia and no problems with running pick plays like we had against Philadelphia. So, so far, so good. Beat the Giants as they should have, and they beat them 49-17. They beat Carolina on the road as they should have. 33-10, and they thump Washington on Thanksgiving 45-10, so that's three. So, Savannah, what do you think, uh, what was your feel listening to the press conferences and being in the locker room this week? I feel the guys are very focused on Seattle, which is good, and I know Coach McCarthy has talked about in the press conference this week is, they were not focused on the the Philly game that was playing on Sunday. They mm-hmm. were here in the facility working on things that they needed to work on for this upcoming Seattle game. Their mind should not be on to right. Philly yet. We right. have to get through tomorrow. And this is still going to be a hard matchup for them. The Seattle Seahawks are 6-5. and five. They've had some struggles recently. However, you have to take this game by game. And the players seem to be very focused on what will be happening tomorrow yeah because if you start focusing on what other people are doing you'll just be miserable well you have to look at the potential of the the seahawks right yes they're trending downward but at one point and even a lot of points during this uh streak of losses that they've had they've shown that they can do some things you know they've shown that they can run the ball this guy walker is no joke you know, he's one of the hardest running running backs in the in the NFL right mm-hmm. now. You know, and he's really their horse. He they're going to depend on him a lot during this game. And don't sleep on Geno. You know, Geno's a guy, yeah, he's had his issues, but we've also seen the guy made the Pro Bowl. You know, I mean, I know Pro Bowl could be watered down these days, but the guy made the Pro Bowl. So he's still, if you're looking at it, He's on the on the upside of the of the fifty percent of the quarterbacks in the NFL. So they have lost two straight, three of the last four, not scoring a lot of points. And I think yesterday Pete Carroll uh, chose to point out that uh, Geno Smith in the last game uh, they played um, that he was suffering from an elbow injury that he didn't practice hardly at all before the Thanksgiving Day game. Uh, and they didn't play very well offensively. Mm-hmm. Now, he said he had one of his best practices of the week, uh, this week, uh, or of the year, I should say, and that he's ready to go. So we'll see if that was a reason why uh, they short-circuited uh, offensively. Um, what did they? They got beat pretty good mm-hmm. uh, the last game by San Francisco. 31-13. 31-13. And they only scored, I want to say, one touchdown, if I remember correctly. And it was an interception return ah, for a touchdown. So the offense didn't so score. So the offense, basically two field goals. Um, so, yeah, they've been struggling. Uh-huh. So at this point, we haven't shown that we are as consistent as San Francisco's defense. That's one thing 
that we can say. We haven't shown that we're as consistent as they are. So with them, you know, playing the way that they played, I wouldn't look forward to us blowing anyone out. And they will show that on my picks to click. I, I, I look at this game, it's going to be a, a tough game because, first of all, they're a well-coached team. Right. Anytime you have a well-coached team, then the scheme alone can give you problems from the beginning. And I was going to, at one point, ask each of you to give me a key to victory. But since you brought that up, uh, I, I, I was going to borrow uh, J. Ron Curse because I asked him, what, what do you need to do defensively uh, to be able to deal uh, with this, the Seahawks? And he said, tackling, tackling, mm-hmm. tackling. Mm-hmm. And, and, and his point was, you mentioned Walker. He's only 5'9", but he's 2'11". So he's kind of a, a load when he's running the ball. And Mr. Smith wasn't that tall either. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So you got to watch out for him. Charbonneau, the second running back, 6'1", 214, mm-hmm. so a big back. And then you got to deal with D.K. Metcalf, right? Mm-hmm. 6'4", 235, and he's averaging uh, 15.8 yards on his 43 catches. So that was his point, that you, we better be able to tackle in this game. We haven't even said anything about well. Lockett. Yeah. I mean, come on. And Lockett, and Lockett to me, their, is more main than guy. anyone right. on the team. And he he's does everything from punt returns to catching big plays to I think he can even throw the ball. So he's one of those guys, man. That, triple threat. Triple threat, yeah. He can do, he can do everything that, that they need him to do as far as those uh, gadget plays are concerned. Right. And you know – Pete Carroll is going to have some type of a gadget play, yeah, for us. So either on offense or special teams, no right? doubt, no doubt. And you know they're gonna, they're going to want to come in here and run the football, yeah, uh, and, and try to reduce the time that the Cowboys' offense can be on and the, the field and take the crowd out of the game, right? And the Cowboys don't have to make any moves today; uh, they just have to make them. Uh, tomorrow, so they can do it uh, up to four hours uh, before uh, the uh, deadline to make moves. So sometime tomorrow, mm-hmm. uh, my understanding is they'll probably have an elevation. So uh, you know what? I'm kind of thinking. I'm trying to figure out who they might elevate off the practice squad. Now Rico Dottle. Uh, was uh, in practice yesterday fully, so he should be able to go. Um, uh, I should look that up just to make sure. I mean, he was limited, but at least he's been limited, been been in practice. So there's a good chance I think he's going. If he's not, then one of those elevations will be Malik Davis. Uh, The other guy they were worried about during the week, J. Ron Curse. Mm -hmm. He was full yesterday, in my understanding. He was going to practice again today, so he should be able to go. They've had a little bit of illness going through uh, the roster. Um, And it was Dante Fowler. Uh, did not practice the past two days, but my understanding, he was supposed to be out there today, uh, along with Micah Parsons yesterday. Uh, he had the illness, uh, but uh, he was supposed to be out there. Now, it's not a heavy practice, right, on day, uh, day before the game, but uh, from an injury standpoint, they should be pretty good. I was just wondering if they're worried about um, – Seattle running the ball, if they might elevate the the defensive tackle. I almost forgot he was here. Uh, mm-hmm. Carl Davis, 
uh, who's a big body if they needed another one uh, inside. Um, now, Mozzie Smith did practice this week fully, but he had a little bit of a shoulder thing going. So they may want to load up and get a little heavier in the middle there uh, going into this game. So we'll see uh, what happens uh, with that one uh, going forward. I hmm. think overall, whether they decide to run the ball more or Smith is making those passes down to Lockett and Metcalf, the entire defense needs to be alert and be willing to make those tackles and one player that i mentioned earlier this week in the flashback show that i'm looking up for was uh jordan lewis okay i noticed in the commander's game so he had six tackles mm. four solo two assists mm. and he had a pretty good pass breakup at one point but you know that they are not going to be throwing it down the way if Deron Bland is covering. Right. That's going to be part of their scheme, definitely. And so you know that they're going to go to guys, Curse, Jordan Lewis, a few other guys down there in the secondary. And I think Jordan Lewis uh, might be key for this. I think he needs to have He'll some be more pass breakups. He right? will be targeted. Yes. And, 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 and to amplify what Savannah said one of the reasons sometimes a cornerback, and you can help me, has a mm -hmm. lot of tackles, meaning yeah. the completing <laughs> passes to his guy, right? Yeah, I made exactly. a lot of tackles myself. I sure did, especially my rookie year. I made a lot of tackles. Oh, that guy Walls is hitting them. Yeah, he's hitting them all right. Yeah, after that 40 yards down the field. Because I saw in the game, uh, I think Bland was second or third in tackles mm -hmm. in this past game. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, yeah, but his guy was catching a lot his of guy passes. Was catching some passes until yeah. he got the interception. Mm -hmm. And they, you know what? And that's the cue. Everybody asked me about cornerbacks. It's like you're not going to throw shutouts. There's a reason why these quarterbacks pass for 4,000, 5,000 yards. They're completing passes. But if you're a cornerback, the deal is make me a play right. to compensate for the ones that you're going to give up. It's going to happen. You mm -hmm. can't pitch a shutout, but make me a play to compensate. And, you know, and obviously he did. With it's, the like, it's like the mentality. It's, it's a marathon. It's right. not a sprint. You know, I, I had to play that way myself. I can't just shut everybody down, especially with my lack of speed. You got some amazing athletes on the wide receiver side. You know, sometimes you have to play a chess game. You know, you have to you know, okay, yeah, you got this one, but what's a 10-yard route going to do? It won't hurt me. Yeah. You know, the closer you get to the end zone, then things get tightened up a little bit. And that's the way I always used to play it, which is a smart way for the Cowboys to play it. Don't worry about – you can't worry about deep passes on the other side of the 50-yard line. That's when you start tightening things up. But when you're, when you're down there on the 20, why are you jumping on the 10-yard route when you might get beat for an 80-yard touchdown? You know, this is you got to keep things into perspective. Play for the team, not necessarily for yourself to have this moniker as a shutdown corner. And as Savannah pointed out, Jordan did have a, a pass breakup or two, so that's making a that's play. That's the making right? the play, yes, correct. And, and that's what you. Uh, but he, he will be to targeted do. because I think they've shown that, you know, if you're going to look at the weaknesses in our secondary, then he might be one of those guys. You know, coming off the injury, uh, we, we're, we're one DB down with Diggs. Mm -hmm. And so he's kind of put into position that he's not that much that comfortable in. So, yeah, I think they're going to come at him. 
And think what's happened. They pro- teams probably started off the season going, well, I don't know, that Gilmore guy's pretty good. Yeah. We're going to throw the ball somewhere else. Yes. Well, then Diggs gets hurt. Bland's got to go outside, and if they hadn't done their homework, they didn't realize how well he played outside <laughs> right. last year, right? Yeah. And now it's like, well, I don't know we want to go there. Now, now where do we're going to go to the go slot. The slot They're right? going to go to the slot. Because if you think about it, in the Carolina game, that's where Thielen did all his yes. work yes. Um, from the slot. So, and he just has to be patient yeah. as a defensive back. You just got to be patient. You can't get frustrated. I know the optics are bad. You know, you always – chasing a guy down the field 10, 15 yards or whatever. But once again, this is a marathon. It's not a sprint. Absolutely. And this podcast is a marathon, too. (laughs) (laughs) Twelve sixteen here on a Wednesday at the Star uh, in Frisco. And we'll return and give a little update or what we can on Shaquille Leonard's travels Mm -hmm. here in the NFL on Mix Shots. I'm Dak Prescott, quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. And they snap it to Prescott, who looks right. It's not there. He escapes left. He'll run for a first down. Just like football, when it comes to crypto, it's important to have a team you can trust. With blockchain.com, I know I'm in good hands. Since 2011, they've been trusted by millions around the world to buy, sell, and trade cryptocurrency. Prescott's going to run this himself. Run it up the middle, and he scores. Whether you're new to crypto or an active trader, they've got you covered. What are you waiting for? Get started at blockchain.com. You know that sound anywhere. It's the crisp crunch of that first nacho chip. With its perfect cheese to sour cream ratio sitting atop a layer of delicious beans, it's a sip away from perfection. That's what we're looking for. Add a delicious, refreshing Pepsi and we've achieved absolute nacho nirvana. Because while you can pile those nachos high with every spicy, cheesy, savory topping, there's no topping a cool Pepsi finish. Nachos, better with Pepsi. That's what I like. The Medal of Honor is our country's highest military award for valor in combat. More than 40 million individuals have served in the armed forces since the Civil War. Fewer than 4,000 have received the Medal of Honor. The National Medal of Honor Museum will be a place to preserve these legacies and inspire America. It's being built right next door to the Dallas Cowboys in Texas. Help us honor our country's greatest heroes. Learn more and get involved at mohmuseum.org. Cowboys football and Miller Lite. What a pairing. Can cracks a kickoff. Tailgates going way past postgame. Sunday night overtimes followed by Monday morning swagger. Brisket in the smoker. Miller Lite in the cooler. America's team playing America's greatest sport. Miller Lite, the only beer of the Dallas Cowboys. Dallas Cowboys football tastes like Miller time. Celebrate responsibly. 2023 Miller Brewing Company, Fort Worth, Texas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Back, back to Shots. K-Post Roofing and Waterproofing, the official roofer of the Dallas Cowboys. As we continue here on Mick Shots on DallasCowboys.com, Everson, Savannah, and Mickey here today. Bill out on assignment. 
uh, as we get you ready for the Seattle Seahawks. And I thought we'd give a little update on Shaquille Leonard visiting here uh, yesterday. We talked about it yesterday. Savannah got a a personal view of him, right? Mm-hmm. I did. He was sure, sure he did. was walking through with a big group of people through the lunchroom. He was walking over to the football side, so I think he did his workout in the morning. He was scheduled to have lunch with Jerry yesterday, and mm-hmm. today he is in Philly. I so believe. he was supposed to travel to Philly. The Cowboys, I'm sure, got a physical in, uh, had a good visit, um, nothing took place as i think we told you yesterday he ended up uh leaving uh and heading to philadelphia and you know what i just saw something that i thought oh this is what's going to happen so he was with the colts right all these five years six years since 2018 Mm -hmm. for three years while he was there sirianni was the offensive coordinator (laughs) Oh, that's crazy. And if you guys know, Sirianni is the head coach in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. And I saw where his uh, off-season workout partner is Dante Smith. Mm-hmm. So he's got some connections there. Now, we thought he had connections here, having played with Gilmore that's right. uh, along with Malik Hooker. Mm-hmm. Uh, and someone asked Jerry, or they asked him on his radio show on Tuesday, um, do you ask those guys about him? You played with him. And he was like, this is the easiest scouting job ever. You just turn on the tape, and yeah. you probably don't need to ask a lot of questions. Mm-hmm. But Jerry's point was, you know, we got to find out where he is basically in his career and what's the health issue. And then after that is, okay, what can we do something to be able to sign him? Uh, so evidently, whatever they had up their sleeve certainly wasn't convincing enough to keep him from taking the visit to Philadelphia. And they are down two linebackers right now. I just we mentioned yesterday, Nicobe Dean uh, is out, and Zach Cunningham was injured in this past game against Buffalo. And I thought I just saw a headline saying he's probably out for this game, too. So, what were the other two teams that were interested as well that he was potentially going Buffalo to visit? Buffalo and Pittsburgh. So okay. that's the two other teams that came up. I didn't, you know, obviously they didn't come out of his agent's mouth. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, they're, I mean, they're playing it slick, right? If you're a free agent, the best thing you can do is try to find two teams that are interested in oh, signing yeah. you, right? Get some money. Right. <laughs> Get some more money. Bid them against each other. That's I, what you I, did, right? I, I had I didn't, you know, coming out, I was of course undrafted and so I didn't have to Get a chance to go through all of that stuff. I didn't get to go go through the whole recruiting thing out of high school. You know, I just played that one year at, at Bergner. Right. So it wasn't like it was a bunch of people out there looking for me. The only time I had a chance to experience something like that was uh, when I left the Cowboys and I was looking to go to either the Giants or the Seahawks. And uh, I recalled I went to see the Seahawks first. And I'm just like you said, you want to – you want to milk it, you know. You, it's, uh, you know, it's good for your ego to have a couple of teams looking at you. And so I went to Seattle first, and I worked out up there. They have sand-based turf, sand-based turf. Yes, I had never run on that before. First of all, it makes you slow as hell. Their practice field. Their practice field had sand. It wasn't so the field wasn't flat. Uh-huh. You know, it almost 
you know. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because, yeah, you know, it's, it's sand-based. Like a beach. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best. Like, very good, Spag. So I ended up, you know, working out for them there. But all the time, because I had called Parcells myself, all the time I was, I knew I was going to New York. I just wanted to go up there and get my ego stroke. Right. And so I went up there and. Uh, you had to weigh your options. You had to play a little hard to get, you know. Yeah, you want to, you know, make that tick go up a little bit. Mm-hmm. And so uh, uh, Pete Carroll, it wasn't Pete Carroll, I forget who the coach was, but Tom Flores was the GM. Mm-hmm. And I had never met Tom. You know, he's with the Raiders all that time. And uh, they wanted to make me stay. And I'm just like uh, Leonard. I'm like, nah. I, I knew where I was going. Right. I knew I wasn't going to Seattle. I knew I was going to be with the Giants. That's why, because I called them. Seattle called me. You see, that was the difference. So when I went to New York, you know, when I went to the, Se- uh, to the Seahawks and I left out of there, he did not want me to leave, just like Jerry did Leonard. Uh, Flores did not want me to leave that room without signing that contract. And I told him, I said, I'm a man of my word. I told the Giants I'd come to see him, and I'm going to see him. So I went to see him, and I, I knew that's where I was going to be. Right. Yeah, so it obviously turned out to be a Was it a city. bidding war? Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Matter of fact, the Giants <laughs> offered me less <laughs> than the Seahawks. That's how much I was willing to go to New York because the Giants, they weren't giving out signing bonuses. See, Seahawks were giving out signing bonuses. But I knew they weren't going anywhere. And I don't know what they did in 1990, but I know what I did in 1990. So I was right. Like, yeah. And sort of like me going to college, right? Missouri outbid Northern Illinois. Uh, there you go. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> that made the papers. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> you were going to say. The, I know we talked about last week and a little bit of this week for uh, Leonard that, yeah, he's going to want to go somewhere where there's a potential, you know, winning team at the end of this right mm-hmm. and so he has to weigh his his options the money wasn't necessarily what was at the forefront of his mind it's more what team is going to win you a championship yeah Did, he just he just got paid right? and he's getting paid yeah continuously he, he, paid he, he gets a million a year for mm-hmm. six i mean a year a game for the final five or six games however many mm-hmm. the colts have left uh and He's already made his money from bonuses, um, signing bonus on this original, his mm-hmm. current contract mm-hmm. that's costing the Colts $27 million in dead money. Um, so, yeah. So he's definitely just looking to win. So I think that's probably yeah. what he's looking for. And Jerry pointed that out. He said, I don't know that money is going to be the big factor. Well, he's, he's – uh He's in a no-lose situation because the two teams that he's looking at, it's just a matter of which one he thinks is going to go the furthest. So yesterday, and I was going to bring this one up, it's kind of a somewhat of a funny story. Um, It was about the game on Thanksgiving, and before the game, um, Al Harris, the the cornerback's coach, and Deron Bland were talking, and uh, Bland told Harris, he goes, hey, if I – pick one off and go to the end zone. He goes, will you jump in the red kettle with me, Mm -hmm. right? And Al goes, or Jerry's telling the story. He goes, well, I don't know. I'll I'll check on that, right? And he said, so before the game, Al Harris goes up to Jerry, and he was talking with Mike McCarthy about the basically the same thing, right? And he told him what Bland said, and Jerry said, my response was, if 
if if he picks one off and goes for a touchdown and sets the NFL record, he goes, I want you to run down the field and put him in the red kettle. And if you can fit, you get in there too. Uh, and, and if you go back and look at the tape as he was running down 63 yards, Al Harris was running down the sideline <laughs> with him. Now he yes, I saw that. You saw it? That was he him. was sprinting. Yes, he sure he was, was sprinting, right? Now he stopped. <laughs> he didn't go to the red kettle because his teammates threw him in there. And right? he probably was connected to something because you know he's got it's, his... it's wireless. Oh, it's, okay. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I thought that was pretty funny when Jerry he was hauling ass. Jerry goes, yeah, "Yeah, you go put him in and you jump in too." <laughs> Isn't that great how they can talk about that stuff now? Could you imagine? Me going up, or, or Gene Stallings going up to Tom Landry, yeah, and say, "Hey, if Everson happens to score because he's never scored, can I go, you know, run to the end zone with him?" But did you could you imagine what Tom would say? <laughs> hey, Get man, back on the field. Can we? Yeah, can we please concentrate on football? You know, we're, we're up here celebrating before we even play the game. And plus, you guys were tethered, right? To to a. Uh, uh... The headset had a wire on it. Yeah, right? but but as players, you know, we you can even, throw it we off. We can't even inquire you about. Don't even ask. Like that. yeah. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Tom would be so upset. He might even he might make us practice harder just for even thinking of that. Not you're you're, you're distracted. Right. You're dist- <laughs> so distracted. That would have been Parcells, God. right? You're a distracted right. player. Yeah. That yeah. Bill would be the. He would the always same way. say that. Mm. You can't be a distracted player. And somebody in the press conference was not paying attention. He goes, "You're a distracted writer," you know, and he he jump all, all over them. Uh, so um, one other thing on Seattle, not only have they lost uh, three of the last four games, they've only scored 32 points mm-hmm. in those three losses, three, 16, and 13. And the other thing I, I noticed, uh, it's offense that has been their problems in their uh, in their six losses. The offensive line is not good. Yeah, they're not good. The, the five former lo- cowboy Jason Peters. Yes, <laughs> I, I was. Damn, for I real? was shocked. He, wow, yeah, he was here last year. Yeah, and now he's with Seattle. I think I remember with that that transaction. Yeah, I remember that. Transaction. And he started yeah. the last two games <clears throat> yeah. at tackle, uh, but in all five of, of their losses. They've never scored more than 16 points. So offense has kind of been their downfall in the games mm-hmm. they've lost. Uh, and so, uh, and they haven't, in those games they've lost, they haven't scored uh, a heck of a lot of touchdowns. Uh, I mentioned um, that they, the last game against uh, San Francisco, the one touchdown was defensive. They scored one in the loss to Cincinnati and one in the loss to Baltimore. They did have two against the Rams, but uh, there was a a uh, stat uh, online that said they've scored no touchdowns in 20 straight possessions. Wow! So you normally get 10, maybe 12 in a game, and so it's been a while since they've found uh, the end zone. So. A lot of this is going to depend on how well this Cowboy defense plays, and we're going to tell you how well they're going to play uh, next here on Mix Shots when we give you our score predictions and our picks to click on Mix Shots. The Medal of Honor is our country's highest military award for valor in combat. More than 40 million individuals have served in the armed forces since the Civil War. Fewer than 4,000 have received the Medal of Honor. 
The National Medal of Honor Museum will be a place to preserve these legacies and inspire America. It's being built right next door to the Dallas Cowboys in Texas. Help us honor our country's greatest heroes. Learn more and get involved at mohmuseum.org. Cowboys football and Miller Lite. What a pairing. Can cracks a kickoff. Tailgates going way past postgame. Sunday night overtimes followed by Monday morning swagger. Brisket in the smoker. Miller Lite in the cooler. America's team playing America's greatest sport. Miller Lite, the only beer of the Dallas Cowboys. Dallas Cowboys football tastes like Miller time. Celebrate responsibly. 2023 Miller Brewing Company, Fort Worth, Texas. I'm Dak Prescott, quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. And they snap it to Prescott, who looks right. It's not there. He escapes left. He'll run for a first down. Just like football, when it comes to crypto, it's important to have a team you can trust. With blockchain.com, I know I'm in good hands. Since 2011, they've been trusted by millions around the world to buy, sell, and trade cryptocurrency. Prescott's going to run this himself. Run it up the middle, and he scores. Whether you're new to crypto or an active trader, they've got you covered. What are you waiting for? Get started at blockchain.com. You know that sound anywhere. It's the crisp crunch of that first nacho chip. With its perfect cheese-to-sour-cream ratio sitting atop a layer of delicious beans, it's a sip away from perfection. That's what we're looking for. Add a delicious, refreshing Pepsi, and we've achieved absolute nacho nirvana. Because while you can pile those nachos high with every spicy, cheesy, savory topping, there's no topping a cool Pepsi finish. Nachos, better with Pepsi. That's what I like. Experience the most electrifying event of the holiday season, Cowboys Christmas Extravaganza, powered by Reliant. Every Friday and Saturday night now through December 16th, Cowboys Christmas Extravaganza ignites the star in Frisco with an unforgettable holiday performance showcasing 65 performers, including the world-renowned Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders, Santa Claus, and appearances from your favorite Dallas Cowboys football heroes. Visit thestardistrict.com for more info. So is that starting this weekend? Does so it that's been going on actually oh, already. for two weekends now. Okay. So this will be the third weekend, but they always have an alumni come light the tree. And we have the so many different groups in it. Santa's there, cheerleaders, our Rhythm and Blues team, do and they, Rowdy. Do they light it with a match? or? They actually have a crystallized football and you push a match (laughs) and they push the football and it lights the tree sort of like the the promo for tonight's or tomorrow night's game Mm -hmm. uh, (laughs) it's uh the running back right uh from seattle he pushes the marshawn marshawn lynch oh this there's a big lever and he pushes it to start the game right that's That's Uh, funny they put him in that mickey you need to get out more Uh, yeah (laughs) he said a match i was trying to be funny (laughs) she said light the tree light the tree kind of like the Dr. Pepper commercial mm-hmm. when he lights up all his paraphernalia because they <laughs> did not do well on the first play of the game, right? Uh, uh, this just in from Bill Jones. He may not be here, but uh, he's helping us out. Thank you, Bill. Uh, Greg Bell, I think he's the guy that covers Seattle, 
said, uh, Pete Carroll says he hasn't seen anything this week that shows that Seahawks running back Kenneth Walker is better from his oblique injury. Says Walker will have questions about playing at Cowboys Thursday. And then no indication he will. Zach Charbonnet, uh, again, may be the guy they go to. So that certainly would make it a little bit easier uh, on the Cowboys' defense Mm -hmm. uh, if uh, their leading rusher, who averages 4.1 yards a carry, has six touchdown runs, uh, would not be able to play. But as I said, Geno Smith looks like he's healthy enough. Uh, although in these uh, la- the three uh, last uh, four games, he's mm-hmm. been sacked 13 times. In uh, one of those games, it was five. So, uh, yeah, the protection, as whoever pointed out, Everson, about their offensive line, mm-hmm. especially if Jason Peters at... 50 years old has to start at, I think it was right tackle he was playing. He might be that yes, strength. Yes, right tackle. He might be that strength. <laughs> so he's like 40, I think 41 now. He's yeah. 40 last yeah, year with yeah. the Cowboys, right? That's crazy. Um, yeah, Mike McCarthy, when they, they asked him about it, he had nothing but good things to say about him and, you know, what he helped, oh, he's a what he helped with last yes, year, right? Yes. So, Just the way he's built, it's hard to get around him. <laughs> Speaking of former Cowboys now with Seattle. How about the, that? The Seahawks just signed former Cowboys cornerback Kelvin Joseph, who was traded earlier this year to the Dolphins for Noah Igbenogany. But he's now with Seattle. He got released by Miami, and he'd been out there for a couple of weeks, and now Seattle signed him to the practice squad. He's Eventually, he's got a... Do something, right? Right. I mean, I mean he was your guy. You thought yeah, he was ready dude, to. Man. He was your guy? He, well, he, I saw, it was his, his athleticism that I really enjoyed. And the few plays he made, he showed that potential. But then, you know, there was always something else that countered that. So, hey, man, I, I got nothing <laughs> to say. You know, that was my dude for just a minute. So I guess the Cowboys <laughs> won that trade, right? Because <laughs> even though he's not playing, he's still hey, here. Hey, we don't right. have Joseph. That's, I think they won by not having Joseph. That's right. all that matters. All right, let's go. Let's. Uh, you want me to do Bills first? So no, nah, Bills are, always last. He's last. Yeah, okay. I'm first. You're first. I'm first. All right. And Savannah's going to take notes here to make yes, sure nobody's lying on Friday, okay? This is going to be one of those games the Cowboys do it every time at home. And it always starts off a little bit sticky in the beginning. First quarter will probably be a little bit tough, but we'll end up winning the game, I think, 33-14. to 14. All right? I don't know how they're going to score 14 points. I hope it's not from a pick six or, or anything like that, but could be a couple of oh-by-the-way touchdowns. Uh, I look, and I, never, I've not, I haven't gone with this guy for quite some time, but I'm looking at Dak. I'm looking at Dak to be specific. Two passing touchdowns and one rushing touchdown. All right. How's that sound? That's uh, no arguments there. Mm-hmm. Savannah, you're up next. All right. Let's do it. I'm, right, I'm just taking notes on Everson here. And one rushing touchdown. Mm-hmm. Okay. You got mm-hmm. it. All right. I am going with. Jake Ferguson for my click to pick this week. Sorry if I stole this from you. Finally, (laughs) two weeks in a row, I think she stole my guy. Great. Well, Ferguson, 
He had three targets, one reception for 35 yards against the Commanders. Uh, against the Panthers in Week 11, three receptions for a total of 32 yards. But he was on a three-game touchdown streak prior to that. Mm-hmm. So I think now with the rotations that Dak has going with the receivers and the tight ends right now, I think Ferguson will have one touchdown this game. Mm-hmm. And I'm going with the Cowboys, 27, Seattle, 20. Oh, a close one. Touchdown, just by a touchdown. Just by a touchdown. All right, I am next, and I will pick the Cowboys to win 27-13. 13 seems to be the number that Seattle gets to, so mm-hmm. we'll give them uh, 13 points. You said 27-13? 27-13. Uh, since in their last three games, they scored 3, 16, and 13 this past week. i give them 13 again. Uh, I think it'll be. Uh, this is clo- this is much closer than I thought you'd pick. This it. this is the <clears throat> what fourth game, fourth game in 19 days. Is that what they had? Mm-hmm. Uh, and at some point, that many games, not so much physically but mentally, I think starts to wear on you. Mm. So I'm going to say 27, 13, and my pick to click. Thinking about <laughs> Geno Smith. Having been sacked 13 times in the last four games, I'm going to go with Sam Williams with a multiple sack game. (laughs) Multiple sack game for Sam Williams. And hopefully he doesn't figure out how to commit a personal foul in this game. (laughs) That they get mad at and don't put him back out there on defense, right? It's either roughing or running into the punter. It's a face mask. It's a late hit on the quarterback. Hey, he might do something as a gunner. Right? You never know. So that's cause that's a fumble, maybe. Cause a fumble. Never know. So I'm going with uh, Sam Williams on this one. All right, Bill. And Bill, who can't change your picks. That's right. Later on. No if you're more. Bill. <laughs> Got Bill four, is, I got 40 to, what, Bill says 40 to 13. Yeah. Cowboys 41, Seahawks 13. 41. And he, so he wants to predict that this will be the fourth straight home game with 40 points mm-hmm. on the board. That would be amazing. And his pick to click is running back Tony Pollard. And of course, he has a story behind right. all of this. 150 total yards <laughs> and two touchdowns. Why is that? Well, what is his supporting? What is his supporting? In stats? Seattle's last four games, mm-hmm. uh, Christian McCaffrey total yards 139 and two touchdowns. Mm-hmm. The Rams game, Royce Freeman one touchdown, 73 yards. Against Washington, Brian Robinson. Now, he only had 38 yards rushing, but he had 119 yards receiving and one touchdown. Mm. And against Baltimore, Keaton Mitchell had 138 yards rushing and one touchdown. So, Bill is going with Tony Powers <laughs> lighting up the Seahawks defense, by the way. All righty. So, we've got that. Um, and uh, they have given up, by the way, seven rushing touchdowns, and this was, I found this one out, seven rushing touchdowns in their last four games. 
So big day for Tony Pollard. All right. So I like that. I thought we would finish by um, each giving a kind of key to a Cowboys victory, like what needs to take place to win this game, and we'll start with Everson. I say, uh, and I mentioned it earlier, this Walker kid, if I'm going to look at anyone, well, no, he's not, may not be may playing. not play, yeah. But it really, when you start looking at their offensive line, if they're not consistent at anything, they are consistent at run blocking. That's one thing that they have done well, and I'm sure that uh, – Coach Carroll is going to try and run the ball as much as possible to keep the crowd out of the game, number one, and to keep our offense off the field, as y'all spoke of earlier in the podcast. So that would be my real key uh, to the game. I wouldn't necessarily worry about anything else. I don't worry about our wide receivers not being able to catch the ball. I think in any game that we play this year, as long as, as – we have as long as they can't cover our wide receivers, I think we're going to be running up scores because that's been our strength. Is it's not just the passing game itself, but each individual receiver that has been targeted, they have been successful at being consistent the entire game. All right. Okay, you're up. I have two key points okay. for winning this game for us. First and foremost, get ahead. Mm-hmm. I would like to see us keep that trend going we've obviously seen from many games past so far that when we are ahead they are playing catch up with Mm -hmm. us and that's when we have the advantage point so we get ahead early i think that is going to put more of a workload on them and it's going to play more out in our favor and as i know that they're going to run the ball a lot Geno Smith, since winning Comeback Player of the Year last season, he Mm -hmm. struggled trusting his receivers. And that was something he mentioned in a press conference this week. So I also anticipate him throwing the ball a little bit. Mm. So our secondary, I'm looking at Jordan Lewis and Ron Bland for my guys to kind of keep things going down Mm. there. All right. Mm. My key originally, and I forgot I had done this, in um, six – uh, their last six games, they've given up 127 yards rushing, 155 yard rushing, Baltimore 298 <laughs> yards rushing. Wow. And San Francisco 169, <laughs> right? So maybe Bill did his homework <laughs> on Tony Pollard. But I was originally going to say the key will be they got to get Geno Smith on the ground. Mm-hmm. And that's why I picked Sam Williams. Uh, since I can't pick Parsons, right? (laughs) Uh, And in the last four games, he has been sacked four times by Baltimore, once by Washington, twice by the Rams, and six times by San Francisco. So I think the key will be to cut the head off the snake Mm -hmm. with sacking Geno Smith. That's got to take place. That should be the title of the podcast. Kind of graphic. What's that? Cut the head off the snake. Cut the head off the snake. It's kind of graphic. (laughs) (laughs) Why you treat the brother like that, man? Uh, He just played a quarterback. You want to cut his head off? No, I didn't say he was the snake. (laughs) Oh, no. No. That's the threat. 
Uh, make right. sure they don't beat you throwing the football and make Good sure you job. can stop the run. And we need to stop mix shots yep. now. And we will be back, and I'm thinking in force on Friday mm-hmm. here on DallasCowboys.com. Everybody have a good Thursday night game. See ya. Go Cowboys. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys?